Welcome to the New Mana Podcast, an Arch KCK production. Welcome back to New Mana, your newest favorite Catholic podcast on the Holy Eucharist. My name is Lee McMahon, your host, and I serve as consultant for evangelization at the Archdiocese of Kansas City in Kansas. But don't be fooled if you've got a pulse. This podcast is for you. If you are hungry for more, if you are fed up with the empty promises of the world, Jesus has more for you. We have been called to communion in Christ. We have been given the mission of bringing people to Jesus and bringing revival to the church. So our, our title, New Manna, comes from John six fifty eight. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not such as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Jesus is the new manna. He is the bread of life, and he gives himself totally to us every single day in the Holy Eucharist. So right now, at home, we're doing this thing for Advent, and it very well may be Christmas when this comes out. I'm not sure. Um, got to look at the calendar. Anyway, so we got this like baby Christmas tree, which we hang ornaments on. Um, but the, it came with like this kit. There's 25 of these ornaments. Each one of them has like uh, a Bible story from the New Testament associated yes. with it. And, you know, it's it's Mark chapter one. You know, the heavens were torn open. Jesus's baptism. Baptism was this ornament. It was a picture of a dove. And I was trying to explain baptism to my four-year-old son. And man, it's tough. Yeah. Like masters in theology doesn't matter. <laughs> It does not matter. Like you knowing all the books you've read, it does not matter unless yeah. you're able to, to to convey that. I'm not saying it's not worthy if you're not able to convey like deep intellectual theological truths to children. However, there's something to be said for like the amount of wisdom needed to appropriate truth unto yep. young people. So I'm sitting there trying to explain how does what is baptism? How do I explain yeah. baptism to a four-year-old? I equated it with going into a bath, like taking a bath, but... It's Jesus that takes like the dirt away, mm-hmm. that he actually is the one who makes us clean. Yeah. And that it's, you know, rather than actually taking a legitimate bath, we're, we're taking those, those ways which we've messed up and sinned mm-hmm. and like fallen short. And we're just giving that to him. Yeah. And he gives us a clean robe yep. in exchange. Like we gave him dirtiness. He gives us cleanness. Like he's a, he cleans everything. He makes yeah. everything new. And I did my best. But like, oh, that's good. Do I need to be able to explain the nuances of baptisms, you know, sacramental theology? No, I just need to, you know, one one step in yeah. front of the other. And the good right, so blocks. The baptism and then the sacrament of confession are intimately linked because anyone who's seen a toddler before, they don't stay very clean after you get them out of the bath, right? Gosh, it's crazy how quick they can just get nasty. It's like, okay, great. Yeah. Bath is still there, right? It's still th- same thing through baptism and confession. It's still the one sacrifice of Christ the one blood of his eternal sacrifice yeah. that washes us clean. Yeah. It's just different points in life, right? Yeah. Yeah. So liturgy of the hours is a part of your life. The mass is essential. It's, a, it's you know, the the kind of cornerstone for your day. Um, yeah. Is there anything else? Like, do you have any other cool devotions that you're a fan of? Or I'm a huge fan of the Surrender Novena. I don't know if mm. you're familiar with that, Lee, but um, it was, so Jesus appeared to, I always get it wrong. He's either French or Italian. Uh, his name is Father Suffering. Or what? Father Sorrow, whatever no whatever way. language it's in. Okay. Um, I remember when I looked that up. But anyway. So I'll look priest. it up as you explain. Okay. There was a priest uh, who, yeah, Jesus appeared to him and gave him this novena. Um, I mean, I want to say early 1900s, so it's been around for a minute. But it's fascinating how, as we see the rise of anxiety and depression in our world, the popularity of this novena is also rising. Um, and it's so simple. It's like a sentence that you read every day and then you say 10 times that the sort of the prayer of the novena is 
Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Mm. You say that 10 times every day. And you can tailor that to literally whatever it is. I, I tell a lot of times, um, you know, parents who are worried about their kids who might have left the church. It's yeah. like, be like, Jesus, I surrender my son to you. Take care of everything. And the the words that Jesus speaks to this priest are, they're so bold and shocking, but they're inspiring mm. uh, in just how efficacious, like, I, mean, I don't even want to say blind trust, but to a certain point, it's just, you're God, so go do God things. I give you permission to be my savior. Right? I give you permission to perform miracles. I can't fix it. I'm just mm. a guy. It's up to you, Jesus. And even like, it's funny, it almost sounds like you're reminding Jesus that he's God, but it's like in doing so, we remind ourselves as well that he's God, mm. that he is sovereign, he's in control. It's really nice to not have to not only know everything, but fix everything and control everything too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the I Surrender Novena, Father Dolindo Ruotolo. <laughs> Clearly French. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was like, okay, where's Dolindo come from? I don't even know what that is. And in Latin, Dolindo means Dolindo, little sorrow or yeah. sorrowing. I would have to look that up again, but it's, it has something to do with, yeah, sorrow, sadness, okay. weeping, something okay. like that. Yeah, I trust. But think of that, Father, Father weeping. Father Dolindo Ruotolo. That's a hardcore <laughs> religious name. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Father Delindo, pray for us. Um, let's see here. Jesus, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Yes. Take care of everything, man. That is a song that I learned from uh, Kaylee Heron, one of my good friends, youth mm. ministry friend. And she, yeah, it's just, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. Jesus, take care of everything. Nice. We sing it at the home. Our kids love it. Good it's, deal. Uh, it's one that they know the words to because there's like, you know, 10 words to it or whatever. <laughs> and they scream it. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's adorable, man. When you get children on fire for Jesus in really small ways, it is so. It's just, it's contagious. Yeah, it's just like a, it's like a positive feedback loop. Yeah, they just they're caught up into it, and nothing's holding them down. They don't. They're not self conscious. They're not, you know, th- you know, thinking through things before they say them. It's just, yeah, it, they're just so free. They're so free, and when their praise, like, finally comes forth from their mouth it's just it's it flies unto the father with such like fierce speed yeah it's it's just oh man it's there's it's something a, to behold at the high school there's a we have like an in-house daycare system for all the faculty what? and staff it's an anom it's an amazing are you serious idea. so all the teachers my goodness uh, we call it the little saints right so it's the oh, Aquinas cute, saints cute. and so the daycare is little saints and so there's i don't know there's maybe 30 40 kids in there mm. um right? Catholic school, lots yeah. of kids running around. And there's this one, she's got to be maybe two or so when, so her mom goes to pick her up uh, at three o'clock, right? And then walks her back to her office, which she goes past the chapel. And this yeah. little girl will come sprinting down the chapel, screaming, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. And then she runs into nice. the chapel every day. I've seen it multiple times, runs into the chapel and is just like, Jesus. Yeah. And then she'll like tug on her mom's little pant leg. You'd be like, look, it's Jesus. And yes. Her mom is kind of like, I, I, I don't like this kid is so holy. <laughs> like, I wouldn't respond to that. Like, yeah, like that's beautiful. Yeah, so, let the children come to me. That's right. Let Amen. them come to me. How wonderful. Yeah, I think it's Matthew eighteen. There's a few places, but and you think about how old were the children when they came to Jesus? Who knows? It doesn't yeah. say. There's no distinction, right? These young people. Mm. There's a small tea tradition that a little mid rash. I think it's 
St. Ignatius of Antioch was the child who was placed in their midst. What? It's either him or St. Polycarp. Probably there's, Polycarp. There's a small T tradition that whoever that child was went on to be a great bishop and martyr for the early church. Wow. Which it's like, that's, that's Bo- pretty cool. Both of them were. Yeah, they're both yeah. really early. Polycarp's martyrdom story, if you don't know who this dude is or <laughs> yeah. what happened to him, his martyrdom story is insane. Yep. Insane. I don't want to spoil it for you. But he gets burned at the stake, and his test is torn torn open, and it smells like baking bread, and a dove flies out of his chest. So I I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for you, <laughs> just, but it's insane. Just the trailer. Yeah. That's that's the second time they tried to burn him at the stake. The Ignatius, second the first time, nothing happened. Yeah, Ignatius of Antioch was eaten by lions, so his icons are that's always pretty, the coolest. He's getting like mauled by lions. Yeah. And, <laughs> and both of these guys, they write to their communities. Uh, they're like, "Don't you dare save me! <laughs> like this is don't do this it. Martyrdom is what I've been preparing my whole life for." Right. Um, yeah, Ignatius says, I am the wheat to be ground in the teeth of these beasts yes. to make like a pure bread offering to God. Wow. And it's like, it's, we're, we've gotten rather softly. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think that I'd be willing to do that. Actually, I was, it's really strange not to get super dark. What would I do if I got tortured? And what would I do yeah. to me if I were to like do a good job of torturing? Mm. It's like, it's kind of dark and twisted, but it's just like, man. No, it's this, it's this column. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to be real right now. It's like, Okay, yeah, if I were to th- if I was thrown into like a ring with beasts, it's like well, it's you know, it's not like I can I could scream and run and stuff, but it's like I know this is going to happen. Yeah. So it's like whether it be this dude or the one behind him, yeah. either the bear or the lion's going to get me. So it's like whatever. But if I were like, you know, just like like taken captive mm-hmm. and like held against my will. Like yeah. what what degree of torture like what degree of martyrdom is you know what i'd be willing and able to actually withstand before giving in because i would love to sit here and tell you that i would be perfect all the way to the end you know regardless of context or situation but like man i I, my mind goes to some really dark places and like when as soon as you bring my family into it man it's Mm. i'm not saying i'm willing to like renounce the lord's name but i just want them to be okay yeah. I'm willing to do whatever I got to do for the Lord. And yeah. I just want my family to be okay too. Those are the principal desires kind of welling up. And yeah, not to take a super weird or dark turn, but just no, it's, it's something to think about. It's like, man, yeah, well, it's, that's it's real. We say martyrdom is a grace. It's a gift. It We we can't do martyrdom. It's a crown. Like it's a, it's yep. a special crown that you receive when you are martyred. Yep. Jesus does it in us where it's his, again, it's a perfect union of his yeah. self-sacrificing. Oh, thank you for saying that. At the hands of wicked men. Um, yeah. Another one of my, uh, one of the Maccabees, one of the books of Maccabees, the the widow with her seven sons. Mm. They're trying to force. Oh my gosh. They're trying to force them to Watches eat, eat all pork. Yeah. Ham. Yeah. Bacon. Literally, which let's be honest, if it's eat bacon if or, trying or, to or them, die, they were, it's like. <laughs> they were trying to get them to eat bacon and you know, they were cutting up the nicest part of the bacon. Oh yeah, absolutely. Bacon was but, definitely what they were frying up. Yeah. She tells each of her sons one by one, like, don't you dare. Don't touch do that it. unclean food, right? Just and she watches her seven sons yeah. get killed in oh front of her. Gosh. And but they just talk about like the you know the heroism. Um yeah. And they were singing unto the Lord and they were praising him yep. as they did this. Saying things oh like, I know gosh. the Lord will reward me oh my gosh. for this action. Wow. Okay. Well, the surrender novena, the surrender prayer, it's it's so real and so powerful. Like mm-hmm. I love the litany of trust. Just Jesus, I trust in you, Jesus, I trust in you, Jesus, I trust in you. Lord, grant me the grace to desire it. Grant me the grace to desire yeah. it. Lord, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. 
man, those anytime like the the anxieties that I'm conscious of, like an anxiety welling up within me, or just like coming into my mind, um, usually about those things in life that I'm the most insecure about. Mm-hmm. I just Jesus, I trust in you, Lord Jesus, I trust in you. I just take this, Jesus, I trust in yep. you. I trust in you. Oh, traffic, huh? Oh, Jesus, I trust in you. <laughs> Jesus, I trust in you, man. Yep. Oh man. Um, oh yeah. What advice would you give to anybody out there? about um the holy eucharist anybody who's on the on the fence about the holy eucharist like this being a reality that their heart is trying to grapple with or their mind trying to wrap their mind around what what advice would you share oh you know i I always say like don't don't force it um jesus is waiting for you and that's one of the honestly can be one of the frustrating things about our lord is Hmm. we want him to come and kick down the doors and just like save the day it's like no that will come at the end of time now right he's in hiding he's humble he's active but he waits he proposes invites and then waits and so he's not going to force anyone to come to him right to come to believe in him in the most holy eucharist but yeah the intimacy that is offered um in in it's i don't know i think it only be experienced it's like it's just Mm -hmm. it's so beautiful the that like i said before like the god who created the heavens and earth is humble enough to come and dwell, not just among us, but dwell within me. Yeah. Um, and I believe it was actually Blaise Pascal, the philosopher, said that it's actually, it's a shorter jump from God to man than from man to appearance of bread. So he's like, mm. so if you believe that Jesus is God, that's an infinite gap. The difference between man and bread is actually a pretty small gap. So sure. it's like, it's sort of like just a little bit more. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you've gone over all this but i mean like no yeah, no it doesn't matter like john yeah john six um just the the reaction of the crowd right this is a hard saying who can who can stand it who can believe it yeah. and then they all leave and right turns to peter will you also go away peter gives the most raw and honest answer like lord to where shall we go i've sold everything i am all in yep where else shall i go you have the words of eternal life Right, you are the word of eternal life. Yeah, and so it was just over this one teaching, right? Of unless you eat my, unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, you have no life within you. Yeah, he loses all his disciples. You think he would have said like, "Oh, just kidding, no, no, that's not what I meant." Yeah, so no, he doubled down. I think he says it three different times, and just, just pray, just Jesus will lead you there. Stay, stay close yeah. to him, right? Um, yeah. That's ultimately where, right, where, where he's taking us all together as one Christian community, right, all under the banner of Christ, worshiping in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. It's hopefully where we're all going. Right? Yeah, I want everybody to go with me. I'm going. Yep, I'll Got, see you there. Yeah. I'll be up front. Yeah, in the fancy vestments. No oh, man, uh, I was gonna say they go, they seek him out, seeking food. Yes, he they want food. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure this is how it is. It's, I could double check in my Bible. I know exactly where it is in my Bible. Um, but he feeds the 5,000, crosses the lake. Yes. And then they find him again and they're like, hey, you know, can we have, you know, you know, I don't know, you know, more. You <laughs> <laughs> gave like, us free lunch he's yesterday. Like, Guys, listen, listen. I think we've got some leftovers, but yep. listen, this is not, I've, I have food to give you, of which you do not know, like the food that I give you. Is is it's my flesh? It's my flesh for life of the world. So like, yeah. guys, like, let's get with the program. And they're like, yeah, that's great and all. Um, yeah, but can we have can we have that now? 
And he's like, no, this, this, this is my body. Mm -hmm. Like this is my flesh. And unless you eat it, not just eat it, but unless you gnaw Gnaw on on it, it. you have no life in you. It's like, man. So yeah, I think theologically, I think intellectually, that would be, that's my advice as well. I mean, you gotta, you can't, who was it? I think it was Sebastian D'Amico, a guest we had on. Uh, his mom told him when he was like, hey, you know, I'm done with this Catholic thing. And his mom said, hey, that's fine. But before you leave, you have to wrestle with the giants of the church. Yeah. You have to wrestle with them. You have to throw them with them. It's, I don't, you can't, I have nothing. I have no yeah. qualm with you. You know, I have no fight to pick with you. You can do whatever you'd like, but you have to talk to them. You have to fight them and you have to beat them if you want out. Yeah. And it's, it's not this like, oh no, I'm being kept in by this controlling tyrant God. And it's like, no, it's like we have incredibly brilliant people who have devoted their entire lives yeah. to unpacking this for us. Yeah. The deepest spiritual theology, the deepest sacramental theology, the deepest like philosophy is, is found in the church. Mm-hmm. And the truth will set you free. Freedom. They're like, the truth shall, or Jesus says to the people, is like, and the truth shall set you free. And they're like, who do you think you, like, what are you talking about? This truth will set us free. We haven't been in bondage since, like, Egypt, man. Like, what are you talking about? We've got Abraham as a father. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, before Abraham was. I am. I am. And they pick up stones to throw at him, and he does a little skirt, skirt, and he's out of there, right? I always love envisioning, like, what did that actually look like? What did Jesus actually look like evading? Because the people were trying to stone him a lot, and yeah. it wasn't just interesting. Took yeah. him to the brow of the hill, and you're just Nazareth. like, skirt, skirt. Yeah. You know, like, I would, what did that look like? I just <laughs> want to know. Was he like a parkour expert secretly, just, you know, scaling down that He's just that really good at face. running away. And all the, all the disciples were like, ah, there he goes again climbing down the side of a cliff like a spider monkey i, <laughs> I don't know like, what you, i don't know it's just i always mind. imagine him just going invisible or like disappearing and appearing somewhere else but that's much more fun to like right parkour jesus yeah. getting away from the nasty pharisees and part of me thinks that not that he wasn't able to do that ever obviously but like part of me thinks that he wouldn't have done that though like because he he subjected himself to our humanity fully Mm-hmm. And everything that he did, he did by the power of the Holy Spirit after he was baptized. So like, yeah, him walking on the water, he did by the power of the Holy Spirit, not because he was the son of God. And if you want to fight me on that, look up St. Lawrence of Brindisi, doctor of the church, a Franciscan friar. He is the apostolic doctor of the capital C Catholic church. Holy smokes. And he says, pray for us. Yeah, pray for us. He said that uh, Jesus did everything he did by the power of of the Holy Spirit, not by the power of his divinity, that he tied his right hand of his divinity as son of God behind his back and operated through the left hand of the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. So never once were they separate from one another. Yeah. Very clear about that. But everything he did was by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Beautiful. Come on. And the same thing goes for us. Like if you've been baptized, all my baptized brothers and sisters out there, what's up? We have the authority of Christ. We have been baptized, priest, prophet, and king into his Mm -hmm. very nature into his very self come on this yep. is this is so epic and it's by the power of the holy spirit that we're able to do greater works than these that he actually gave yep. us the authority and agency to accomplish come on so ah uh, i claim love it. jesus yeah claim it you're you're a son you're a daughter yes it's real yes it's through the holy spirit that we're able to cry out, abba father romans 8 do it eat it live it love it laugh often goodbye <laughs> <laughs> And what you spoke to about experiential knowledge, like we can only love that which we know. 
Mm-hmm. We can only love that which we know. You can't have a favorite pizza place unless you've been there Correct. And, and tasted that pizza. Um, and once you taste it and once it becomes your favorite, you'll tell everybody, which is what we're doing. Yep. This is just a pizza podcast, folks. <laughs> no, but this is this is Jesus. This is a Jesus podcast. Like this is a, I have tasted and I have seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Any resources, any big resources that you love, they wanted to share about? So we're actually here at Ascension, uh, at the Church of the Ascension. We're uh, doing an Advent homily series on a book written by Joe Heschmeyer, the name of which escapes me. It's either Jesus is really the Eucharist or the Eucharist is really Jesus. It's one of those two. Both would be fitting. Both would be fitting titles. Yeah. Um, Joe so, Heschmeyer, Catholic answers apologist, actually lives here in the Kansas City area. Former seminarian for the Archdiocese as well. So that was actually where mm. I met him was we were both in seminary together. For real? And, yep. I didn't know that. Yep. And then he, yeah, discerned out is now married with children and whatever name it is, it's it's really readable. We're, yeah, we're preaching on it here at the church and then we're going to give all the parishioners, uh, this book for, yeah. I think it's published by Catholic Answers, right? That's who he, that makes sense. That's who he works for, but, um, very down to earth, very attainable. He lo- I love it. I started off my first homily with this. He tells a story of, they asked a little grade school girl how to describe the Eucharist and she points to the crucifix and she says, that looks like Jesus, but isn't. And then she points at the tabernacle and said, that doesn't look like Jesus, but it is. Let's go. A girl, a little girl <laughs> a said A little this. grade Come school on. girl said wow. that. That was her answer. And it's like, right? Out of the lips of children and of babes, Wisdom. you found perfect praise. Wow. Yeah. So that's a great resource. Um, you know, anything uh, by wow. Scott Hahn, uh, Brent Petrie, yes. I believe his name. Yeah. He Okay. His book, Jesus in the Jewish, Jewish Roots of the Eucharist. Love that. Read it. Absolutely. Even maybe more. I like the book, uh, The Case for Jesus. Not mm. The Case for Christ, which is a book written by a one of our Protestant brothers and sisters about like uh, unpacking the scientific evidence yeah. behind the crucifixion of Jesus and his existence and his passion, death, and resurrection and whatnot. Um, but The Case for Jesus, P- Brant Petrie, I love this book. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love this book. He goes through all of like any big, you know, objections about, okay, how can we, I mean, ask yourself the question, like, how can we trust the Bible? Honestly, how can we trust the, the new Testament? Like what, what is it that makes the new Testament the gospels, the letters, like what makes those credible? He goes through everything. Yeah. I guess on a more, maybe a higher plane, uh, I think it's John Paul II, St. John Paul II wrote Sacramentum Caritatis. Yeah. It's an encyclical. We went through that um, on the podcast earlier. Done. But yeah, you should read it. You should, no, you should definitely read it. There's, yeah. there's, countless uh, papal, you know, Vatican documents on the Blessed Sacrament, which are beautiful. Anything yeah. by St. Thomas Aquinas. So he's all, people shy away from him because they think he's too heady. He's like the simplest and easiest theologian to read. Um, it, it gives you like really small bites. Oh, yeah. So, His sentences are tiny. Very short. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't know a word, that's pretty easy to fix. Yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, you know, some authors, man. Okay. For example. Fyodor Dostoevsky, like mm-hmm. Brothers Kamarazov. I mean, it's not just that book, but like he, I mean, in that, in that one in particular, I remember there was like seven or eight pages of no paragraph break Holy of Lord. just like, this is all just text. Like you literally look at the page and it's just words all over the word. Like the entire page is <laughs> I would words. I it down. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really hard. It was really yeah. hard. I mean, man, you got to get past the first 50 pages, but wow, that was really difficult. But Aquinas is not that. He's nope. actually the opposite. It's like short sentence, short sentence. And because of that, I believe this, I answer that, yep. this, 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 this. And it's like, yeah, don't don't shy away from him because you think he's unapproachable. He's he's very approachable. The only hard part would just be like, okay, where do I start? 
And like, how do I find what I actually should be reading? Honestly, I love his Eucharistic hymns, which aren't so much theology, but uh, so you probably... Tell the story. What, tell the story of him and St. Bonaventure. Uh, was roughly four years Aquinas' senior, and they were both commissioned by Pope Urban IV. And they wrote hymns unto Jesus in the Holy Sacrament of the Eucharist um, to present to Pope Urban IV to, you know, for Corpus Christi, which is this feast in June about the Holy Eucharist for the church, for the widespread and devotion of the faithful. Anyway, so um, basically the story goes is that they both wrote these hymns and they both got back to Urban IV and they're getting ready to present them to him. And they flip a coin to see who's going to present them first. And Aquinas starts, you know, because they were hymns, they weren't just like, it wasn't mm-hmm. just text. So he, he starts singing them. And I guess he had a good voice, but um, he he starts singing them. And as he's singing and concluding the first hymn, uh, St. Bonaventure, he literally just tears up what it is that he brought with him. <laughs> he just tears it up and, and he looks at the Holy Father and he says, I, I can't, mine, mine pale in comparison yeah. to that beauty. And I just, I love that. It's hilarious. Like yeah. Aquinas, the guy who's like the doctor of the doctors, like the angelic doctor, the doctor who's so high and elevated and beyond anything that's like, you know, human incomprehension. It's just this man had a a heart on fire mm-hmm. for Jesus. He, he was deeply in love with the Son of God. It wasn't just he wasn't just a brainiac genius, although yeah. he was a, a brilliant genius. Yeah, but he he yeah. loved Jesus. You're canonized for your charity, not for your worldly accomplishments. Right. Right. There have been lots of other very learned men in the church, men and women in the church, who are not canonized because they mm-hmm. didn't. The number one rule for becoming a saint is that you live a life of extraordinary virtue, right? Of, of friendship mm-hmm. with God. But yeah, amongst those hymns in particular, um, so we actually sing one in the Catholic Church every Holy Thursday during the procession, mm-hmm. the Pange Lingua. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these hymns were written in Latin, obviously. And Gerard Manley Hopkins, the Jesuit, the English Jesuit uh, poet, translated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Adoro Te Devote is the name of the the hymn in Latin, and uh, it's. We, we sing it. It's, it's actually a hymn that fairly common. Godhead here in hiding, whom I do adore. Masked by these mere shadows, shape and nothing more. See, Lord, at thy service, here lies a heart. Lost, all lost in wonder at the God thou art. And it just goes on mm-hmm. and on about the hiddenness of Jesus. It's praising Christ in the hiddenness of the Blessed Sacrament. Yeah. And, um, there's another beautiful line. I am not like Thomas, wounds I cannot see, but can plainly call thee Lord and God is he. Mm. Beautiful. Let it sit, let it marinate and just rest in this process of wrestling. You think about Jacob yeah, uh, and how Jacob of the Old Testament, uh, Jacob turned Israel, right? Um, he had to contend all night. Mm-hmm. He, he wrestled all night with the Lord. Yeah. And it wasn't a, a flash moment of, Grace. It wasn't a flash decision. It was not a quick thing, as, as, you know, things in the Old Testament work. They took they took a while. But the point being that we have to we have to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to we have to labor and and it's honestly it's a co labor with yeah. uh, with Jesus. Um, like if we if we have a desire to know Him more and to love Him more fully and completely, and we. <laughs> That's something that he's going to come alongside us and help us do. It's not just a, oh, it's up to my sheer will to, yeah. to understand this or um, to love Jesus um, 
you know, because if it was up to me alone, then I would love him just as much as maybe I did at the at the onset. But it's it, yeah. this is this is a cooperation with grace. Yeah. So that we have to co-labor with him. And um, yeah, he's not a tyrant. He's gonna he's kind. He's he's gentle. And he's gonna help us do that. Yeah. If it's our heart's true intention. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say too. Uh, we were talking about surrender earlier. Like, I guess I hope we could say if you're not sold on the real presence in the blessed sacrament, like if it you know thought experiment if it were true okay walker percy come on i love walker percy yeah Yeah. if it were true it's like i hope that the response would be like well absolutely right i want that i want that more than my next breath if it is true it's from jesus and he'll show you the way abandon abandon the inquiry abandon the process to him right because if it's not true yeah he won't lead you there right if it is true and you let yourself be led great yeah. Then it's it's like you win either way, right? Yeah. If it's not true, you get to stay where you are, and right, you prove nothing changes. Nothing changes. Yeah. yeah. If if it is true, then you have just discovered the greatest gift to mankind. Yeah. Which is a pretty good day. Yeah. If Jesus wanted to give us something better, he would have. Mm-hmm. Like for for some reason that I I won't fully understand. You know, he he chose to write his the law of his new covenant of love on my heart like incarnationally, physically within me through per- perceived food. Yeah. But it's not. It's it's his very self. Yeah. Jeremiah 31, 31. Read it. Um, but yeah, and I just love that throwing down with the Lord and making that wager. Brought up Pascal earlier. Like, yeah, like you have everything to gain. You have, you have everything to gain in this most blessed sacrament. So, Amen. yeah, thanks for tuning in today, dear listener. Uh, super glad that you took the time to join us for some squirrely conversation and burps. And um, yeah, if this episode blessed you, please share it with those who you care about and might be having the same stirrings in your heart um, or the same stirrings in their heart as you. Um, yeah, feel free to send this their way. And please, if this blessed you, please, please, please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcast in particular, but also Spotify. Happy to receive your stars there as well. Father, would you be so kind as to wrap us out with a blessing? Oh, I'd love to. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this day, for, for all the blessings, all those that go unnoticed in our life. We abandon ourselves to you. We surrender ourselves to you. The good, the bad, the true, the ugly, all of it, Jesus, we give it to you. We pray that you may take it, transform it, ultimately bring it, bring it to the Heavenly Father, right? Take all of our sacrifices, all of our offerings up to the Heavenly Father. Grant us peace and joy in our lives. Protect us from every attack of the enemy and from all harm. Mother Mary, we ask that you may be with us. Help lead us and guide us closer to your Son in the most blessed sacrament as we pray. Hail Mary, full of of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been New Mana. We'll see you next week.